the Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts, lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, homily, and sacrament on this World Communion Sunday are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your self-selection of forms of ministry, in our midst, your written or emailed responses, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday morning, your presence with us in worship. On this first Sunday of the month, we welcome you to luncheon following service. We commend to you the ministry of the chapel and encourage your support for our ministry. We commend to you the potential for membership in our Marsh Chapel chapter. Please speak to Rachel Cape. And especially we announce for those listening at home, should you desire communion in the home and call the church office with that, with the chapel office with that direction, we will, to the best of our ability, uh, seek to fulfill that desire. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the Epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 5 through 12. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now God did not subject the coming world about which we are speaking to angels. But someone has testified somewhere, what are human beings that you are mindful of them or mortals that you care for them you have made them for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor, subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
please join me in Psalm 26, uh, reciting Psalm 26 with the antiphon. For I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in faithfulness to you. I do not sit with the worthless, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the company of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, singing aloud a song of thanksgiving and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the house in which you dwell and the place which your glory abides. Do not sweep me away with sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty, those in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great congregation, I will trust the Lord. Please rise as you are able for the singing of our Gloria Patri and the reading of our Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 2 through 16. Glory to you, O Lord. Some Pharisees came and to test him, they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. 
But Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. We announce this morning a common grace across difference and across time. A common grace in two dimensions, one horizontal and one vertical, one present and one future, one relational and one generational, one summed in the in 1611 language, the epigram, what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. And again, in 1611 language, for the second, so some suffer the children to come unto me and hinder them not, to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. A common grace first, across difference. By God's grace, we are made in different shapes and types and sizes. We are in identity different one to another. The Gospel according to St. Mark in the 10th chapter traces issues of community life. This would be a good place in which to begin a course on pastoral or church administration because here the issues are authority, <clears throat> marriage, children, riches, power, leadership. It tells us that in the 70s, the year 70 of the Common Era, in Mark's community, these two were issues as they are for us. So Jesus raising the issue of Moses' teaching reminds us that wherever inheritance and gospel lastingly conflict, gospel trumps inheritance. So we have a teaching on divorce, but we are careful. We need to be gentle here, so not to unnecessarily to bruise. This is one of several teachings on divorce in the New Testament, and several more in the whole of the scripture, as the dialogue indicates. Mark has something to convey to us about relationship 
and height therein. But the teaching on divorce is different from that in Matthew who follows with a similar account, adding phrases, except in the case of, except for, and also Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, who has a broad and open willingness to announce and confirm the need for divorce, though in 1 Corinthians 7, 25 and following, he has his own view of marriage itself. That is, this is a teaching that is more theological than ethical, more spiritual than moral. It is Mark's remembrance of Jesus lifting the capacity for human relationship. In a way, it's like the, le the letter from the epistle to the Romans celebrating the mystery of identity in interaction and Jesus lifting the possibility. It reminds the sophomores, juniors, seniors, others here today that one response to the question, what are we doing here on planet Earth is, we are knowers and we are lovers, meant to know and be known, meant to love and be loved. So this passage lifts, heightens our awareness and our sense of possibility in knowing and in loving, in being known and in being love. Not only in marriage, marriage is the example here, but what is said applies to relationship generally. Yes, to marriage, but also to covenant, and also to partnership, and also quintessentially to friendship. Over a lifetime, shall we not find a way to develop a capacity for lasting friendship? Oh, these are teachings that remind us maybe we need to dust off a little bit our Martin Buber, not I it, but I thou, heart to heart, soul to soul. Maybe we need to dust off a little bit our Howard Thurman, people, all people belong to one another. Maybe we need to dust off our John Wesley, if thine heart be as mine heart, then Give me thine hand. Here is an announcement, good news for the coming week, of the promise and potential in common grace across difference. You know, sometimes Fred Craddock taught us to watch and listen to the way we just speak to one another. Sometimes we'll see two people who aren't married at all, maybe they're roommates, or maybe they're on the soccer team together, or maybe they're uh, members of a faculty together or a business or work together on stage, just two people, and we notice the way they interact and we notice that one finishes the other's sentences and the other knows what the first is thinking before it's uttered. And what do we say of them? We say, they're just like an old married couple. Truer than true, there's a height to human relationship at its best that is soul to soul, a touch, an intimacy of knowing and loving, which is celebrated 
in today's gospel and in today's service of word and table. This capacity for grace across difference in our time has a communal dimension. It has a social and a religious dimension. Oh, we recognize the veracity of our colleague Stephen Prothero's warning against a, uh, a shallow pluralism. But we also remember his predecessor, Houston Smith, teaching us that we are in good hands, and so it well behooves us to watch over one another in love. That is, week by week across Bay State Road, we might together take a 30-minute walk and knock on the door of the Hindu Vedanta Society and there be warmly greeted and come to the Thurman Common Ground House with a similar hospitality and greet Father John at the Newman Center and enter the Hillel House with its varieties of the practice of Judaism and come to Marsh Chapel with its 17 services of worship week by week and enter the GSU where the Islamic Society meets and come on Saturday morning for the Hindu Society here. Boston University has the largest student Hindu society in the country and in a recent evening many hundreds gathered in the GSU for Ras Layla for a celebration and autumnal rhythmic dancing colorful, nourishing communion and common grace across difference. We are made for community, consanguinity, communion together. So, what God has joined together, let no one put asunder. Today's gospel also brings us in the second place a common grace, common grace across time. Notice how the teachings on authority and marriage are followed by a discussion of children. It's still the case that people come to church often with two major questions. Can you help me find meaning in life? Can you help me to raise my children? The capacity of children to engage and to help us nourish the spiritual life of the community is a great gift. You know, Matthew 25 teaches us that as you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. But that word really means to the littlest. And when I listen to the further teaching, I see a little child, a child maybe small enough to be with his hands finding his feet. You know that moment when a child finds his or her feet so wonderful. When did we see thee hungry or thirsty or naked or a stranger or in prison? When I see an eight-week-old, I see someone always hungry, always thirsty, always naked unless you, unless you close him, always a stranger unless you love him, and imprisoned in a tiny little shell, but he's getting bigger all the time. We are given the gift of children to invite us into a grace across time, across the generations. Unless we miss our guest, many, many of you who are engaged in the ministry of Marsh Chapel are here, walk alongside us steadily because you are courageous in the sense of investing in the next generation. 
in seeing and hearing activity in 2012, 2012, that will not bear fruit until 2062, which for some of you is just around the corner. It will be a great autumn, that of 2062, 50 years from now. That is, you're willing to invest in those who are going out. I see them on World Communion Sunday in the mind's eye. You do too. You see Jessica and Megan and Jeremiah and Elizabeth and Brian and David and Sarah Beth. And you can sense where they are in Virginia and South Carolina, in Texas and Texas and Texas. It's a big state. In California and Michigan, New York, Oklahoma. These are your children. You held them for a time and now you've given them to the future. Bless I miss my guests, you're with us because you want to invest in the next generation 50 years from now. 1962, 50 years ago, wasn't that very far away. Some of you can remember, as I dimly can, that in that autumn in the city of Rome there was gathered what fruitfulness this bore for the children of that age, a second Vatican Council. And it met for three years, and it changed the face, the map, of Christianity around the globe. How grateful I am for that openness that came, for that spirit, you remember the word, aggiornamento, renewal, refreshment, a new age, let the winds blow, open the windows, and let the breeze blow through the life of the church. Or as our teacher, my dear teacher, Robert McAfee Brown called it, seize the moment of the ecumenical revolution. How utterly different, looking back 50 years ago, 50 years, my life would have been without that autumn of 1962. No lasting friendships with my dearest friends, a teacher here, a lawyer there, a physician here, a nurse there, whose spirituality and communion we came to know with ease. I can remember down the street at the Roman Catholic Church some years later in the mid to later 60s, the habits were changing and being changed. What a loss it would have been not to have as my advisor, Father Raymond Brown. What a loss it would have been not to have the capacity, as I did for two decades, to teach at a small Jesuit school. Yes, they accepted a mere Methodist fleeing from the wrath to come. That was the spirit of aggiornamento. What a, what a loss it would have been if Kathleen Corrigan, a Bostonian, had not decided, as she did in the mid-60s, to exchange her habit for the blouse and skirt of a public school teacher and to teach the fourth grade all through the years of our own three children's learning so that they knew what an excellent teacher was before she died unexpectedly in her 50s. That 50 years ago was what was planted, a common grace across time to us Today, Oh, we have our differences, Protestants and Catholics. We argue about the celibacy of the priesthood and the infallibility of the Pope and the non-ordination of women and the sacrifice of the Mass. We, 
we go back and forth. We, you know, we know what the other's going to say before it's said. We're kind of like an old married couple, aren't we? There we are. <laughs> there is today a, a common grace, not only across difference, but also across time. And there are some in this room who will be finishing their ministry in two, 2062 in that autumn. We hope that they will recall this day today. Friends, hear the good news as we come to this common table. We lift together an affirmation, Sursum Corda, lift your hearts of a common grace. Some years ago, several of us went to the edge of the Pacific Ocean in Vancouver for an assembly of the World Council of Churches. We were arriving late and there was a huge tent right on a bluff and we could make out a song as it was coming toward us. We were hurrying because we tarried. I think of the people present there, Philip Potter, Pauline Webb, Connie Parvey, Emilio Castro, Paolo Freire, so many others. And they were singing, in Christ there is no east or west, in him no south or north, but one great fellowship of love throughout the whole wide earth. Hear the good news, a common grace across difference, a common grace across time. We conclude our sermon today with the singing of that very hymn found in your hymnal number, note the number, 548, 548. seated. The Lord be with you. 
Greetings and a warm welcome to all those in the nave, those listening on the radio and by internet signals this morning. Today, Christians all over the world celebrate World Communion Sunday, and Marsh Chapel is happy to acknowledge these clergy women and men who are distributing the Eucharist today, including the Reverend Bruce Cook, Campus Minister for InterVarsity Fellowship, the Reverend Victoria Hart Gaskell, OSL, Chapel Associate for Methodist Students, the Reverend Soren Hessler, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, Dean of the Chapel, the Reverend Dr. Mary Elizabeth Moore, Dean of the School of Theology, the Reverend Dr. Richard Nesmith, former Dean and Professor of the School of Theology, the Reverend Dr. Robert Cummings Neville, former Dean of the Chapel and Professor at the School of Theology, the Reverend Dr. Robert Robin Olson, Chapel Associate for Campus Ministry, the Reverend Jen Quigley, Chapel Associate for Vocational Discernment, the Reverend Holly Bensonhaver Redford, excuse me, the Reverend Gail Lenora Statton, and the Reverend Bert White. I invite you, those in the pews to find the red pad nearest the center of the aisle. Please add your name to it and pass it along the pew so that we can get to know you better and you can get to know one another better this week. I invite you to make note of two other items in the bulletin. Tomorrow is Columbus Day, and so the chapel offices will be closed in observance. That also means that community dinner and community lunch will not be offered this week. I would also call your attention to the Dean's Choice this week on Wednesday, 7 p.m., the university lecture entitled The Ponzi Scheme Puzzle, given by Tamar Frankel, a professor of law here at, this, at Boston University. For all other services and happenings, I invite you to visit the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where you can also find the opportunity for online giving. I invite you to meditate on Anton Bruckner's Locus este adeo fractus est during the offertory. Now walk in love as Christ loves us in offering and sacrifice to God.
who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. God of all nations, we praise you that in Christ the barriers that have separated from vanity are torn down. Yet we confess our slowness to open our hearts and minds to those of other lands, tongues, and races. Deliver us from the sins of fear and prejudice, that we may move toward the day when all are truly one in Jesus Christ. Hear this good news of a common grace. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. People of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As a forgiven and reconciled people, shall we extend expressions of care and love to one another in the name of Christ? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You made from one every nation and every people to live on the face of this earth. And so with your people on earth and the company of heaven, we praise your name as we share this unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Jesus commissioned us to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. And today, his family in all the world is joining at this holy table. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, 
He gave thanks as was the custom. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples. And he said, eat this. This is my body which is broken for you. Every time you eat this, remember me. On the night that he gave himself up for us, at the end of the meal, he took the common cup and he gave thanks to you as was the custom and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is the cup that contains my blood and it is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink this, remember me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts, O God, in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as holy and living sacrifices in union with Christ's offering for us as together we proclaim this mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and to every people that we might witness faithfully in your name. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to the whole world until Christ comes again in final victory and we feast at that heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray each in the language that we call home, our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Please join me in our prayer of thanksgiving printed in the bulletin. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. beloved following our spoken and our sung benediction it is our tradition to sit for the postlude I'm going to invite you today on World Communion Sunday this is a may not a must it's a possibility not a requirement if you are so moved following the postlude you might take a moment to greet someone in a pew nearby whom you don't know learn another name and perhaps spend a minute or two in conversation if you are so moved following the postlude a word of benediction the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of god the communion of the holy spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever